Thank you for uh, getting up and clapping and swaying. Beautiful, beautiful. A familiar story to many of you this morning from John chapter 6. One of my favorites. Lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him. Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Now Jesus said this to test him. For Jesus himself knew what he was going to do. Now Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of these people to get a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, came to Jesus and said, Here is a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they? For so many. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for these stories that capture your heart. We thank you for these profiles of ordinary people who act in extraordinary ways. So we pray this morning that this familiar story might touch us in a new and significant way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In 1979, there was a physicist who presented a paper at the American Association for the Advancement of Science in Washington, D.C. Here was the title of the paper, Predictability. If a butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil, will it create a tornado in Texas? Let me repeat that. This was the name of the paper, Edward Laurence. If a butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil, will it create a tornado in Texas? He was introducing what would then become chaos theory, which is a theory that says, Differences that are initially too small to measure in different situations can have radically different outcomes. And what he was proposing in that paper was that if a butterfly, this delicate little creature with these wax paper-like wings, if it flapped its wings, it, it, it exerts a little energy, and then in the right circumstances, thousands and thousands of miles away, it creates a tornado. Now, some of you are looking at me and saying, Bruce, come on, let's be, let's be reasonable. You know, that, that, that's preposterous. That's, that's a bunch of hot air. It reminds me of the pastor who uh, installed hot air dryers in the men's bathroom and then two weeks later took them away and one of the elders said why did you do that and he said well last week I came in and somebody had put a sign on it saying if you want a glimpse of last week's sermon press here <laughs> you know it's a little preposterous isn't it to think that a butterfly something so small and delicate could possibly create a tornado thousands and thousands of miles away. It was popularized and became known as the butterfly effect. 
Now, I uh, was a skeptic of this, but then I began to think a little bit about the story of Urban Promise. Because 35 years ago, a couple of college students and a seminary dropout began to flap their wings in a little church basement on the east side of Camden. And we flapped our wings for justice, and we flapped our wings for Jesus. We flapped our wings for safer streets and better education. And nobody really noticed except about 30 kids in the community. But then something happened. Some Baptists came along. And they started flapping with us with passion and zeal. And then some Presbyterians came along and they started passing with order and decency. <laughs> and then some Methodists came along and they started flapping that hearts would be strangely warmed. And then, and then, the, Pres and then the Pentecostals got involved. Oh my. <laughs> you know, that category two went to a category four overnight. And then some Catholics got involved. They started flapping in the spirit of Mother Teresa and St. Francis. And then the Episcopalians got involved. They're always the last to the party, but they bring the party. <laughs> and before long, that, that little puff of wind gained some momentum. And it, and it went down the I-95 and touched the heart of a young man in Wilmington, Delaware, and he started a ministry, and then it jetted across the country and ignited the hearts of a couple of young people in Vancouver, British Columbia, who had a, a vision for indigenous people of that city. And then, then it jetted across Canada and ignited the heart of a young man in Toronto who had a vision for kids growing up in government housing, and then it got stuck at the Canadian border. Homeland Security. <laughs> and then this little unknown uh, journalist named Diane Sawyer picked up the story. And all of a sudden, we had 8 million people flapping their wings. And that, that little puff of wind now was a hurricane of hope. And it came down the East Coast and ignited movements in, in Nashville, Little Rock. Charlotte, Miami, it didn't stay within the confines of the United States. It went to Honduras and then cut across the Atlantic Ocean to Sub-Sahara Africa where it ignited the hearts of some young leaders in Malawi, Kenya, Uganda, and Nigeria. Let me tell you this. I'm a believer in the promise effect. If a bunch of college kids in a little church basement in East Camden can flap their wings for Jesus and justice, and it begins a movement around the world. Something's going on. If a bunch of Presbyterians, Baptists, and Methodists, and Episcopalians can put aside their theological differences for a minute and flap about the things that impact the heart of God, a movement begins. I believe that our actions matter. What we flap our wings for actually makes a difference. What we say and what we do matters. Still don't believe me? How about December 1st, 1955? Montgomery, Alabama. 47-year-old woman got off work that day. She had been working in the basement of Montgomery Fair department store all day over a hot iron. Her feet were swollen. Her back was sore. She was a quiet, introverted woman. She got on a bus that day. She took a seat, first row of the colored only section. But the bus began to fill up. 
And at one point, the bus driver came and said, Ma'am, you're going to have to move. And she looked at him, and she flapped her wings. And she said, No. And the bus driver said, Well, ma'am, if you don't move, I'm going to call the authorities. And she said, Go ahead. Well, ma'am, if I call the authorities, they're going to put you in jail. That's okay. Well, ma'am, if they put you in jail, you'll lose your job. That's all right. And Rosa Parks flapped her wings that day. And that afternoon, when she sat in a jail cell a few blocks down the street at Holt Baptist Church, a young upstart Baptist minister named Martin Luther King Jr. gave a sermon. And he said these words, sometimes people just get tired of being trampled on by the oppression of iron feet. And that ignited the Montgomery boycott 381 days, and it began to chisel away at segregation in this country. Don't tell me that your actions don't matter. It doesn't matter how small. What you flap your wings for makes a difference. We impact one another. Social scientists call this contagion. I don't know whether you know this, but if I meet somebody who's genuinely happy, my happiness increases by 15%. And then the person that they meet, their happiness increases by 10%. And the person that they meet, their happiness increases by 6%. So this morning in the parking lot, when I meet the fellows and they come up and give me a high five and smiles and hugs, that makes me happy. And when I go home this afternoon and see my wife, guess what? Her happiness will increase by 10%. That's good. It sure is, isn't it? (laughs) And when she goes out for lunch with her friend, her happiness will increase by 6%. You know, Geico says, give me 15 minutes, I'll save you 15%. I say, give me a high five and a clap and a smile. And my happiness will increase 15%. We impact one another. Love begets love. Compassion begets compassion. Courage begets courage. We impact one another. Years ago, we used to have a gospel choir at Urban Promise. And I brought them here a few years. We'd travel around, go to different churches. One day we were at a little church in Merchantville, Presbyterian Church, and afterwards one of the parishioners came up to me and she said, uh, I was noticing the young woman in the back, I think she was in your alto section, I, I just, what's her story? And I said, oh, that's Shakira. She said, well, well tell me a little bit about Shakira, what, what's she doing with her life? I said, well, she's going to university next year. And this woman, her name was Mabel, she said, well, listen, I, I'd like to just, I feel compelled to help her. And, And I'm wondering if you think she could use a little change every month to help with books and snacks and things like that. And I said, sure. And she said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'll I'll send a check every month, 50 bucks, to Urban Promise, and you send it to Shakira at university. And for the next four years, that's what we did. And every Christmas break and Easter break, when Shakira came back to Camden, she would go visit Mabel. Mabel was in her early 80s at this point. They began, developed a little bit of a relationship. One day, I was out visiting, and I thought I'd drop by and see Mabel, and I walked up to her house in Cherry Hill, and 
rang the doorbell, nobody answered, rang again, nobody answered. I started walking back across the lawn towards my car, and the neighbor came running across the lawn, and she said, uh, I said, where's Mabel? And she said, well, she had a, a mild stroke a week ago. She was driving to church, and she became disoriented, and she drove over the Ben Franklin Bridge, and she drove around North Philadelphia until her gas ran out. They found her in her car. She's up convalescing in Cinnaminson. So I got in my car, I drove up to the convalescent center, and I walked in, and I signed my name, and I walked down to her room, and I walked in, and there was my friend Mabel. She was just curled up in her bed. All she wanted to do was go home and be with her cat. But she wasn't too respondent. So I would go in about every couple of days, and I began to realize that she really liked Boston cream donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. So I would take her a donut. One day, one of the nurses pulled me aside and said, Reverend Maine, there's something strange going on. Every time you leave, Mabel's uh, blood count sugar is up by 400 points. I can't... <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing that to her. But she just wasn't making any progress. And uh, I had some travel, so I was gone for three weeks. And when I got back, I went back, and I signed in, and I walked down to Mabel's room, and she was gone. I thought the worst had happened. So I pulled aside one of the nurses. I said, what happened to Mabel? She said, well, funny thing is, she, she left yesterday. She walked out of here. I said, really? With who? She said, well, there's a young woman that started coming almost every day when you were gone, and she would read to Mabel and do her hair and play checkers with her. So I walked back to the sign-in book, and I flipped through the pages, and sure enough, there's Shakira's name. And every day, this young woman would come in and just care for Mabel. And I thought, wow, this woman's generosity impacted this young girl. That's the way it works, isn't it? Courage begets courage. Love begets love. When we're in the presence of generosity, it inspires us to be generous. And so we come to this passage today. It's a lovely story about this boy. And, and what I love about the scriptures is is how ordinary the heroes are. There's nothing fancy or special about this boy. He doesn't have any status. He doesn't have any political power. He doesn't even have a name in the story. I mean, it's a common story. I mean, even the bread he brings isn't gluten-free. <laughs> and yet he brings what he has. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus doesn't, like, laugh at this kid. He doesn't say, hey, we've done a feasibility study and there's no way that a couple of barley loaves and a few fish are going to feed 5,000 people. Jesus accepts what he's given and he elevates the boy and he blesses the food and then a miracle happens. 
Now, it's interesting. Scholars go back and forth. They debate this miracle. Some, you know, believe that Jesus took the actual fish and the loaves and metastasized it, and it just spread, and he was able to feed 5,000 people. Another group of scholars say this. They say it would be unusual for a... It would be unusual for people to travel without any kind of food. And so some scholars argue that maybe there was food in that crowd. People were just hoarding it for themselves. But when this boy and his act of generosity was uplifted, it sent a wave of conviction through the crowd. I don't know where you land on your interpretation, but whatever happened, the boy is central. What he flapped his wings for mattered. And Jesus took that, and a miracle happened. The Apostle Paul says this, don't weary, don't become weary of doing good, right? But in due season, you will reap a harvest of joy. My translation of that is, don't stop flapping your wings for things that matter to the heart of God. Because in due season, God will take those efforts and multiply them and impact people around you and in your community. I'll close with this story. A few years ago, in 2014, there were fires in Malibu, California. They were called the Woosley Fires. And they swept through the canyon, and a friend of mine, Greg Hughes, was pastoring Malibu Presbyterian Church at the time, and the church burned to the ground. Some of you may remember. That church had supported Urban Promise. They had sent some mission teams to help us. And so our kids were aware of the congregation. So when my operations guy came in one morning to do chapel for the children at the Camden Forward School, he brought in a newspaper with Malibu Presbyterian Church on fire. And he told the kids how this congregation lost their home. Afterwards, one of the kids in sixth grade went to their teacher, Mr. Music, at the time and said, Mr. Music, some of us have been discussing, and you know that money that we've been saving to go to Hershey Park at the end of the school year? I think we've got $126 saved. We've decided we want to send that to Malibu Presbyterian Church to help them rebuild their church. Mr. Music, being diplomatic, said, well, listen, we're going to have to take a vote. So he gets all the sixth graders together. He says, close your eyes, put your head on the desk. If you're in favor of sending our $126 for our trip to Hershey, Pennsylvania, to the church in Malibu, put up your hands. And every child in the class put their hand up. A couple weeks later, I was out in California, and I drove up the Pacific Coast Highway with my $126 check. I rang Pastor Hughes's doorbell. He invited me in. We shared a little bit about what he was going through, the struggles. And at one point, I pulled out the check, and I said, Pastor Hughes, here's a gift from the kids at the Camden Forward School. Well, this pastor, he starts crying. He gives me a hug. I drive back. I come back to New Jersey. Monday morning, I get a call from Pastor Hughes. He said, Bruce, are you sitting down? I said, well, I can. 
He said, I got to tell you what happened. On Sunday, they were meeting in a tent. I shared that story about your kids donating $126 to help us rebuild our church. He said, Bruce, afterwards, people in the congregation, they came forward. I told them about the kids giving up their trip to Hershey. I mean, Bruce, they were throwing $100 bills and checks in my hand. Bruce, your kids are not only going to Hershey Park, but they can probably take a limousine. $126. bucks from kids in one of the poorest zip codes in America giving a donation to some of the richest folk in our country. I've had challenges, generosity, love, compassion. Let's bow our heads. Gracious God, we thank you that our lives matter. that our decisions matter. And we thank you that as human beings we're connected to one another in mysterious ways. But we are grateful that your spirit enters into our acts and moves them out from beyond ourselves and uses them to convict and challenge and encourage. So my prayer is this week, Show us what you want us to flap our wings for. And we pray that you will take those efforts, no matter how small they are, and use them to bring your good news, your grace, and your love to our world. In Jesus' name, amen.